I, I wonder if you uh, know the song, read your Bible, pray every day, Angel. That's right, you know the song. Right, so for months now, I've been encouraging us to read our Bibles every day through the Bible Reading Challenge. Perhaps haven't been encouraging us to pray every day as well, as, as often as perhaps I, I should have. Um, so tonight, I, I just simply want to take some time to meditate on 1 uh, Thessalonians 5.17 and encourage you to pray. To pray early, to pray often, to pray as our text says, to pray without ceasing. You, you might think, but Mike, this is the prayer meeting. This is where people who are most likely to pray will turn up. And that, that may be true, and yet, if prayer is constantly in your life, you probably still need encouragement to, to keep praying. So I, I just want to try and offer us some encouragement to keep praying tonight. So turn in your Bibles, if you haven't done so already, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're looking at verse 17. That's on page 988 of the Bibles provided. You may know that Acts 17 it tells us uh, the circumstances in which Paul planted this church in Thessalonica. They were full of turmoil. He faced some opposition. He actually had to leave the city. Uh, he was concerned about them, so he sent uh, some folks back to check in on them. He gets a, a good report back, and then that's what brings about this letter. Paul, Paul writes to them. He's concerned for them and their young faith and, and wants to be sure that they keep going even in the face of of opposition, and how appropriate that one of the things he says to them in the face of this opposition, this persecution they're facing, to keep praying. So, so appropriate when you're facing conflict. So, take a look there at what Paul says. Let me just read verses 16 to 18 to kind of take up our verse. Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we especially want to take time to meditate on that phrase, pray without ceasing. But we can't pass over those surrounding statements, can we? They shed light on, on that phrase, pray without ceasing. Just think of rejoicing there in verse 16 and giving thanks there in verse 18. When we think of these things, we often think of them as, as attitudes, don't we? Rejoicing is a, a heart overflowing with delight in God. And giving thanks or gratitude is often a heart overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And yet... When we think of prayer, we think of more of an action than we do of an attitude. Like we might think of uh, rejoicing and, and giving thanks. We think of, when we think of prayer, we think of um, bowing our heads, folding our hands, closing our eyes, maybe even getting on our knees, we think of moving our, our mouths. We think of, of action. And while all of this may be true, could it be that prayer is as much an attitude as it is an action? And could it be that rejoicing actually is as much an action as it is an attitude? And the same question could be asked of, of giving thanks. What, what I'm driving at is this. If it's God's will for us to be praying without ceasing, and clearly verse 18 tells us that it is, then we may, to think of pray, may need to think of prayer as a posture of our hearts before the Lord. Bow, bowed down before the Lord as much as our heads are bowed down before the Lord. As I was reading through some Scripture passages on prayer, I came across uh, Psalm 109, verse 4. Especially in the latter half of that verse, the psalmist says, I give myself to prayer. I, I give myself to prayer. Now, in the literal Hebrew, uh, it says something like this, I am prayer. Now, think about that as, a, as an expression of your very person, right? I am prayer. I'm so connected to prayer and conversing with the Lord that that embodies and inflects, uh, it reflects who I am in my very character. Um, if rejoicing 
is a heart overflowing with delight in God. And giving thanks is a heart overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Then praying constantly reveals a heart overcome, I think, by our need for God. Our, our dependence upon Him. So this is the, the first point that I want to make tonight. Pray constantly because you're needy. Pray constantly because you are needy. Think for a moment about why we might not pray. Why is it that we cease to pray instead of pray without ceasing? If I had to pinpoint perhaps the main reason for why we do not pray, I think it'd probably be because we're proud. Right? We, we trust in our own strength, our own intellect. We might not say that's the reason for our prayerlessness, but perhaps it is our prayerlessness that reveals that. That we're living in our, our own strength. We don't remember that we're needy. And I've done this too, right, when I'm preparing a sermon, working on some passage of Scripture, come across some difficulty I find there. What do I do? I'll reach for commentaries and dictionaries and, uh, and other reference works. And, and sometimes I'll wake up and think to myself, wait a minute, why, why haven't I stopped to ask for help from the Lord? I need His help. I need the, the help of the Holy Spirit in this moment to, to sort through this, this question I have. I, I need Him. We all need Him. We're needy. And so we need to pray. And think about it. If our needs don't cease, and they don't, neither should our prayers. Think back to when Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Remember when he taught his disciples to pray in the Sermon on the Mount? He taught them the Lord's Prayer. Actually, before you even get to the Lord's Prayer, he has this section where he talks about how these religious leaders, they they go about and they offer these long, uh, uh, articulate prayers. Uh, They're praying uh, for their hearers. More so than they're praying for God. And what they're, what they're doing, Jesus is communicating, is they're, they're praying as though they have it all together. And part of what Jesus is teaching us is that we shouldn't pray like we don't have any needs. We shouldn't pray like we don't have any needs. We've we got plenty of needs. Uh, we are sick and we're hurting. We're tired and we're discouraged. We're tempted and we're struggling. I mean, just think of the Lord's Prayer. It's filled with needs, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in, he- is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We have the need for bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. We need the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Uh, we need defense against the devil every day. We're, we're needy. And, and so we need to pray. Another interesting thing that Jesus does in this teaching on the Lord's Prayer is He reminds us that our Father knows what we need even before we ask. Our Father knows what we need even before we ask, and yet Jesus tells us we should pray and tell Him our needs. Because our God is eager to hear us. We're His children. He has His ear turned toward us. He wants to hear our needs from our voices, and He wants to answer them. According to His glory. So if, if our needs don't cease, then neither should our prayers. Pray constantly because you're needy. Here's another point I want to make. Pray constantly because it honors God. It honors God to show your dependence upon Him. Right? If, there, if the heart posture we needed before, right, when we're thinking about pray constantly because we're needy, if the heart posture we need there is humility as opposed to being proud, then perhaps the heart posture here we need here is to to lift up Christ and and to offer our prayers through Him so that that God's glorified by answering them in His Son. Prayer honors God because it reveals 
that God's our hope, that we depend upon Him, that we trust in Him. Now, we, we can easily understand this phrase from Paul, right? Pray without ceasing. You know what Paul is commanding us? He's commanding us to constantly converse with God. He's commanding us to uh, plead and praise without pausing. And this is actually a common refrain in Scripture. It's a common reference. And if it's common and constant, then it must mean that it's actually a common and constant struggle for God's people. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit. Romans 12.12, Be constant in prayer. Colossians 4.2, Continue steadfastly in prayer. 2 Timothy 1.3, I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Uh, my um, favorite reference to this constant refrain uh, that we're to always pray is found in Luke's Gospel. So keep one finger here. I want, I want, to turn, want you to turn there. Turn to Luke chapter 18. It's on page 877, I think, of the Bibles provided. Luke 18, verse 1. Um, on Thanksgiving Day, I had the opportunity to sit with my sister and my brother-in-law and talk with them uh, for a couple of hours. And I asked my sister what she was learning from God in this season. Many of you will know that my sister's husband was in a head-on collision. Uh, he was in the hospital for about eight weeks. He's pretty much immobile from the waist down. Uh, so I asked my sister what the Lord was teaching her in this season. And one of the things she said to me was, I think the Lord's teaching me to pray. There was this stretch where he was supposed to be released from the hospital. Her husband was supposed to be released from the hospital to go to a rehab center. And it took a long time for that to take place. She just... Said, told me she was praying every day. She just kept praying for the Lord to release him. You know, release him so he can go to this rehab center. You know, release him. And she just kept praying and praying and praying. And she was, she was discouraged. And uh, a friend texted her one day, a Christian friend texted her, and said, what can I pray for you about today? Think about doing that. If somebody comes to your mind, the Lord puts it in your mind, reach out to them and say, how can I pray for you? So this friend said, what can I pray for you for? And my sister said, I'm really burdened and discouraged that Remy, that's her husband's name, isn't being released from the hospital. So would you just pray that he would be released from the hospital? And my sister told me that two hours later, he was on the way out of those doors, headed to the rehab center. And that's when I told her, you know, that reminds me of what Jesus said. So I, I opened this passage to her, and, and I read it to her. So just read it, read it now. Look at what we learn. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said... In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Don't you love verses like verse 1? Right, when you get these parables from Jesus, sometimes they're very mysterious, but Luke, he just tells us why Jesus told the parable. And what the goal was to be, right? How it was to be manifested in the lives of believers. He told this parable to encourage us to pray and to keep praying. To beat down God's door with our prayers. And notice there that he tells this parable because he knew that we would be tempted to lose heart in our praying. And there at the end, 
You see there? All of this is connected to belief or faith. And that's what honors God. Right? That's the conclusion makes plain. Jesus wants us to keep bringing our request to God the Father. Like that persistent widow kept bringing her request to that unrighteous judge. And if an unrighteous judge is going to do what's right out of selfish motives, then certainly the God, our Father, who loves us, who hears our prayers, wants to hear our prayers, calls us to pray, He will certainly hear and answer the prayers of His children. He will answer our cries. Our cries happen day and night. So believe that our God hears. Believe that He's merciful, He's just and good. Don't stop believing that He desires to hear the prayers of His children. And show your belief by prayer. You know, one of the first signs of faith in the Christian life is prayer. Do you remember the uh, conversion of Saul, Paul, who we know as Paul? Right? Saul, on the road to Damascus, he's confronted by the risen Christ. He comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he, he goes, um, he goes uh, to, um, to this city. He's staying at this place called Straight Street. And um, a disciple named Ananias, God tells Ananias to go to Paul. Uh, and to, to speak with him. And there's this interesting description just after Paul's conversion of what he's doing in Acts chapter 9, verse 11. This is the description we, we get that God is telling Ananias to go and to speak with him. He says, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and to the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. It's one of the first things that Paul does as a believer. He's praying. And notice, too, that the Lord knows it, he, he sees your prayers. He knows that you're praying. The Lord's watching, listening, hearing when you are praying. Let that be an encouragement to you to keep praying. So if prayer is one of the first fruits of the Christian life, it should be an ongoing fruit of the Christian life as well. And, and if you're ever concerned in your, your, your heart and soul about drifting from the Lord, consider that prayer is one of the best means to keep you from drifting. Because what is prayer other than drawing near to the Lord? We can't be drifting when we're seeking to draw near to Him in prayer. Give yourself to prayer. And this honors God. Fight drifting by, by drawing near. And He made us to draw near to Him. It's His desire for us to draw near to Him. Prayer honors God. For it shows that you really believe that He gave His Son to provide you with access to His throne of grace. Now, this morning we thought about what Jesus' incarnation and work accomplished. From Hebrews chapter 2, one of the things that it mentions in verse 18 is that Jesus helps us. One of the ways he helps us is our great high priest. He makes intercession for us. And since we have such a great high priest who made propitiation for our sins, we're told in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is one of the great benefits of being a Christian. We have access to God's throne of grace. And, and if you're here tonight and you're not a believer, a follower in the Lord Jesus Christ, you, you need to kind of recognize that that's not a benefit that you right now have. As one children's song put it rather frankly, God will not listen to just anyone. Only believers who trust in His Son have the promise that He hears them. And friend, you can have that promise that He hears you. You have that promise by turning from your rebellion turning from your sin, and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that He lived the life that you've not lived, the life of perfect obedience to God the Father, that He always honored God, that He died the death that your sins deserve, 
that He made propitiations, we thought about this morning, that He satisfied God's wrath against your sins, and that He was raised from the grave for the forgiveness of your sins. Turn from your sins and trust in Jesus, and you have full access to God's throne of grace. Draw near with confidence and receive mercy and grace to help in your time of need. This is what we ought to do. This is honors God. And, and as we conclude, I want to offer just a few more encouragements to pray. Remember that prayer is not complicated. It's simply talking to God about the things of His Word, about the things that He lays on our hearts, the things that He's doing in our lives, the things that He's doing in our church. We're talking to God uh, about the things in our lives. So pr- pray for yourself. What are those things that, that burden you? Ask God to be at work in your heart and life. Pray for your family. Pray for those who, who don't know the Lord. Pray that God would draw them powerfully to Himself. Pray for your neighbors. Uh, pray for your church family. We, we need your prayers. Uh, this jumped out at me earlier in the week as I was reading through the, the book of Colossians. On Wednesday morning, I met, read through um, Colossians chapter 4 with a group of guys who, who gather here for coffee and Bible reading. And we especially uh, paused to take a look at Epaphras. There in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, this is what it says about Epaphras. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Epaphras, he struggled, literally in the Greek, it's agonized. He agonized in prayer for these brothers and sisters in Christ, that they may stand mature and be assured of the will of God. You need someone doing that for you. I need you to do that for me. We need to do that for one another. We need to struggle and agonize in prayer for one another. We, we, we need the prayers of each other so that we may be mature. There's a lot of immaturity here. Maybe some immaturity out there, right? We need to be mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God uses our prayers for one another to bring that about. So pray for your brothers and sisters and know that they'll be praying for you. Pick up, uh, we've got copies of the directory. If you haven't gotten your new copy of the directory, pick it up and pray for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. They need your prayers. We all need each other's prayers. Pray constantly because you are in need. Pray constantly because your brothers and sisters are in need. Pray constantly because God is honored. We're showing that we depend upon Him. We trust in Him. We love Him and want Him to be at work in our lives. Pray constantly because in drawing near to God through Christ, you will Find grace and mercy in time of need.